Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Hey guys, this is Todd Helms, host of the Wingman Podcast, and you are listening to yet another episode, and I appreciate that. Thank you for tuning in. I'm on my own today, but wanted to sit down and reflect a little bit on Hondo's progress kind of where we're at in the season. Actually, things have gotten rolling out here in Wyoming. And just bring you some thoughts and ideas on where we are, where we're going with our season and how Hondo's doing, how he's going to fit into all of that as well. So let's just jump into it. Let me get a drink of tea here. You couldn't tell I'm a little sick uh, right now. Just got a cold, chest cold. I was actually out yesterday of the office. Um, Whole family's got it, but um, we're, I'm back at it today and feeling a little bit better, but I hope everybody out there is doing well and you're staying healthy. So headed into the season, it's an important time of year to be healthy. All right. So we just finished up week 11 uh, last week with Hondo. Week 11 and with Cornerstone Gundog 52 plus is extended sit and extended place. I'm sorry, not extended place. Check that. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Josh. Sorry, Barton. Um, it is um, sending to place. That's what it, that's what it is. I'd been doing that with Hondo for a really long time. And so he took he took to that very quickly and grabbed that concept very easily. Transferring it to the field is a challenge. Um, I knew it was going to be a challenge with Hondo and it proved to be a challenge on what day was that Saturday? I actually took Hondo on his first duck hunt on Saturday morning. I took Hondo. I couldn't get anybody else to go because it's still big game season here in Wyoming and everybody was out chasing elk and deer. So we had phenomenal weather. I knew we had a few birds in the area, so I wanted to get out and chase some birds so that's what we did we went out and i took my daughter my oldest daughter jacy and she helped me keep track of hondo basically she wanted to go because she really likes to hunt so what we did with hondo was i took jacy and we worked on place we worked on steadiness we worked on just getting him around the decoys and the calls and all that stuff i used this first hunt with him as a training mission as well. If we got a bird going, I knew going in, if we got a bird, it would be a bonus. There were lots of birds flying around. In fact, if I'd have had Mackinac, we probably would have shot a limit of, of uh, ducks at least, maybe, maybe geese too. There were quite a few birds flying around, but because of irrigation season is not over here in Wyoming and they haven't shut off the irrigation. So there's a lot of water in the river still. It's flowing pretty, pretty big, pretty high. And I did not want to put a young dog, Hondo, six months old, into a situation like that to have to retrieve ducks. I wanted to kill birds either on the bank or really close to the bank so he could just jump in, jump out. And it didn't quite work out that way. Was able to kill a goose, had a goose come right over the blind, and I knew it was going to fall on land, and I shot it. And sailed it a little bit, hit a little, hit it a little back, and I, I knew the bird was dead, knew the bird was down, but 
had to go find it, which was good because it gave Hondo the chance to do some, some search practice with the um, dead bird command. That's what I use. I use a dead bird command and for looking for a downed, a downed duck or a downed goose or anything really. So I walked over, I had marked the bird down and we walked over and I could see it and it was still alive. And I did not want to send Hondo on a crippled goose for his first, you know, waterfowl style retrieve. I've seen that go poorly in the past when people send uh, young dogs on a crippled goose, especially Canada. And the dog gets its butt handed to it, gets, gets its butt kicked. And I didn't want that. So I told Hondo to sit by my daughter, JC and stay. And he sat and stayed. I walked over and I finished off the goose and then I dropped it, left it. And I walked back. I told him Mark and he ran over, grabbed the goose and a goose is a big, big thing for a six month old puppy. That's a, it's a big bird and he's never handled one before, but there was zero hesitancy. He was all over the bird trying to find a hold finally got uh the hold he was comfortable with where he could lift most of the goose off the ground and he dragged that bird brought it carried it right to my hand perfect perfect delivery i i i couldn't have been happier actually it was it was awesome so that's a win because we got to work on steadiness we got to work on place we got to work on heel sit come you know retrieving we got to work on uh hunting for a bird uh, as in a dead bird command and it worked out beautifully it was a completely controlled situation and i was very happy with the way everything turned out but i wish that i could have done things differently with this hunt i wish i would have had a shooter with me and that i could have just handled hondo ideally that's what you want when you take out a puppy on their first hunt is you want an extremely controlled situation. You don't want to take them out with five or six other guys and a bunch of other dogs because it's absolute chaos. And the dog will pick up bad habits if you're not paying attention, if you're not careful. They will break. They will learn competition with other dogs and they will break for birds. And once they start breaking, it's almost impossible to get them to stop because that's an anticipation thing. They're anticipating that bird hitting the ground and they want that retrieve. My old dog, Mackinac, is just now at um, nine years old, getting to the point where he's steady, like all the time. He still will break in certain situations even, but it's taken a long time. And that was my fault, primarily because I hunted alone a lot. And hunting these big Western rivers, I wanted him on the bird immediately. And when I got Mackinac, I didn't hunt fields. I didn't. I hunted upland with him and I hunted ducks and geese on the rivers. And so I wanted him. I didn't, I was, wasn't, didn't care. Didn't matter to me if he was steady to shot. Um, looking back, that was a big mistake. He's steady in a lot of other ways. Um, doesn't go through doors before me or any of my family. He waits for his food. He's very calm, very controlled dog. But when I get him in the field, he turns into a different animal. For example, we finished, we did a sage grouse hunt this fall and I took Mac and we had another lab on that hunt, an older dog who was very, very experienced with sage grouse and Mackinac is not 
um, in that he's very experienced with pheasants, but not with open country grouse like that. He caught on, but he was younger than the other dog. And he did, he got most of the retrieves um, and he did not honor the other dog at all. And that was a little bit my fault, especially I remember the last bird that we shot, we were actually working our way back to the truck. I was limited out um, at our net from TRCP was with me and he had one bird go and he was working out front. I was following along behind unloaded gun. I should have had Mackinac on a leash. I should have had him on a lead, a slip lead. Looking back, if I could change that, I would. Again, my apologies, Ed. I know I've apologized to you already. Bird gets up. His dog flushes, flushes a grouse. It gets up, and Ed makes a tremendous shot in high, high winds on this bird. And Mac was on it, just on it. He marks birds extremely well. He always has. And he didn't, there was zero hesitation. He was gone. He was on this grouse. And Ed's dog, who found the bird, flushed it, done all the work, didn't get to, didn't get the retrieve. Mackinac got the retrieve. And I felt bad at the time about it. I apologized to Ed. Apologize again, Ed. And in hindsight, I wish I'd have had Mackinac on a lead. He was at heel. And he was walking heel nicely and not hunting, letting Ed's dog hunt. But he poached, the, he poached the retrieve. And that's not cool. That's not cool. That's not a sportsmanly way of doing things. And I felt bad about it, as I've said. So that what that, what that does, I'm telling that story because I don't want Hondo to be like that. I want Hondo to be, I don't want him poaching birds. I don't want him fighting with other dogs to get birds. But granted, things happen sometimes and, <coughs> wires get crossed and dogs will end up on the same mark and it's hunting that those things happen but um if you can have a dog that's under control all the time and you can dictate what that retriever needs to be doing that's the goal that's the whole point of cornerstone gun dog academy 52 plus is to have a finished gun dog at the end or very close to a finished gun dog at the end that is under your control that does what you want the dog to do not vice versa and that was why i wanted to get hondo in the field because he's a he's a gun dog he's a retriever and i he needs to be around birds he needs to get birds he got a grouse earlier this fall that again was a very controlled situation and he just did the retrieving on that bird which is fine we're going to have lots of time to get him into flushing birds and finding birds in the field as well. But right now, uh, I wish that I would have had someone dedicated to shooting because if that would have been the case, I could have focused all of my attention on Hondo. As it was, I was focusing about 75% of my attention on Hondo, which turned out I didn't take a lot of shots. Um, killed that goose. Uh, I missed a duck that I actually should have should have killed that swung over the bank and I'm I missed it and uh, that was a golden opportunity that I that I missed shooting in a brand new CZ uh, redhead premier all-terrain last year I shot the 12 gauge version I still have that but I got a 20 gauge version this year and I love it I love it shot some grouse with it earlier in the season and I want to take it out and shoot some waterfowl uh, on Saturday with it 
and I hit that, killed that goose, no problem. But when it came to the duck, I didn't swing through, didn't keep my head on the gun. It's a little bit lighter. I got to be a little bit more um, deliberate when I shoot it. And anyway, that cost me an easy retrieve for what would have been an easy retrieve for Hondo. What I did like, uh, what worked well, like I said, what worked, what didn't work was I didn't have a dedicated shooter. Um, what did, what went well. So say you're in my situation and you don't have a buddy that can go, but you've got a young dog that you want to get out and get some reps. First of all, keep your expectations low for that dog. It's a puppy. Remember, it's a puppy. In Hondo's case, it's, he's six months old. Is he going to be able to retrieve birds? Yes. Is he going to be able to do blinds and double marks and all these things? Probably not. We haven't been working on those things. That would not be fair to expect that out of Hondo. So expectations need to be kept low. Control needs to be kept high. You need to be in situations that are that you have like 100% control over. In other words, don't take your dog into a place where there's going to be zillions of other people running around. The stakes are high. You've got four buddies with you that want to do all this shooting and get their birds. Maybe you ought to leave that dog. Maybe you ought to leave your young dog at home for those hunts. On training hunts, when your dog is young, it should be you and one buddy who's dedicated to shooting and is going to understand, look, we may not get our limit today. And that's okay because we're working on building a foundation for the future with this young puppy. That was my expectation going into Saturday morning and it, everything went pretty well. Everything went pretty well. Hondo did break once on a mark. Um, I stood up the, on that duck and that I missed, he broke and he started to chase and on the goose, he did not, he stood still. Um, Again, I should have had him on the lead, but I was working on place uh, with him as well, extended place, and transferring place into the field. So back to those expectations. My expectations weren't that Hondo would nail place in the field. Why? One, there's a ton of distractions in the field. Two, I didn't carry that place board all the way back in. We here, where we hunt here in Wyoming, we do not have the luxury most times of carrying a lot of equipment to with us i do not have the luxury of bringing a dog blind i do not have the luxury of carrying a place board or a dog place marker some some something like that with me because we walk a long ways to get into our spots it's semi run and gun if you will therefore the dog has to be able to recognize a spot that i want it to be that spot is usually tucked to the side, to my side, and there's repetition involved with getting the dog to know where you want it to be, where place is out there. Mackinac obviously has it down cold. All of the places that we, all the spots we hunt, he is at place. He knows where his place is. He knows where I expect him to be. He knows where place is with those blinds, and he just goes there. Hondo does not. Hondo doesn't know where place is outside beyond that place board. So we went down on this hunt Saturday morning, not so much to get birds as to get some training, to work on place in the field, to work on steadiness, to work on 
getting exposure, uh, social socialization around all the things that he's going to be around decoys. I had placed decoys in the yard. It didn't work Hondo around retrieving with decoys in the yard. He didn't pay any attention to them. Why? I have three little kids and those three little kids are constantly scattering things throughout the yard. And so there's stuff in my yard all the time. Hondo doesn't pay any attention to it because he's learned very early on that he's not allowed to pay attention to that stuff. Decoys, on the other hand, when I threw decoys in the water, he was very, very interested in those and he wanted to retrieve them. And when a younger me would have been very angry about that, very frustrated that the dog jumped in when I told it no and was trying to get the decoys. I half expected it. Um, that's the luxury of having done several, having retreat, eh, excuse me, having trained several other Labradors at this point in my life. Um, I knew what was coming. I threw that first block in the water and Honda was like, Ooh, what's that? And when I throw stuff, he's usually used to going to get it. So he jumps in and I let him, I let him swim around and I just talked to him and said, Hey buddy, what's that? You know, that's a decoy. Let him sniff it. He figures out pretty quickly that this isn't what I'm supposed to do. And he sniffs them and whatever swims back over, jumps out. That was that I didn't yell. I didn't get frustrated. I was actually pretty happy with myself. Simply because, uh, like I said, a younger me would have been furious at my dog for not listening and not obeying dogs are dogs. They're a lot like kids in the regard that they don't always do what you want them to do. They do have a mind of their own. And while you need to have control over that dog, it's going to do things from time to time that are not what you want it to do. And the rest of the morning was very, very good. We had uh, place was a place was a big part of training that morning. And I knew that it would be, I knew that getting him to sit and stay on where I wanted him to be was going to be difficult. And Going in with that expectation, with that understanding was helpful for me simply because I didn't get frustrated. I didn't get furious with my dog. It's, we weren't out there for a hunt. We were out there to train. We were out there to work and just enjoy the morning. And I had my oldest daughter with me, like I said, and it was, it was a good time. We got the one goose. Honda retrieved it. Not just once. He retrieved it multiple times. I threw lots of hup-ups for him and with marks and He'd go out, get it, bring it back. He did a phenomenal job, and I was very, very pleased with that. Because a goose is a big, big creature, big, big bird, and it's hard for puppies sometimes to figure that out. But, man, Hondo's drive is through the roof, and he was not going to not bring me that bird. That was not an option for him. And he figured it out. He figured out the right hold and brought the bird right to me. I was, I was over the moon. I was very, very happy with that. Breaking all of this down in a nutshell, what should you be expecting with your, with your puppy, with your first time, especially if you're a first time um, retriever trainer, retriever owner, Labrador owner, whatever, dog owner, bird dog owner, do not set your expectations too high. Again, everything is new. Everything is a first time for these young dogs. Did you nail everything that you did right the first time you did it? Probably not. I know I didn't. The dog will learn. 
And if you are patient with that dog, it will learn well and it will learn the right way. If you are following a training curriculum like Cornerstone Gun Dog Academy, you need to be sticking to that curriculum. You need to be doing it, following it as closely as you possibly can. I have admittedly gotten behind in the training. Life is busy. The beautiful thing about 52 plus is that it's self-paced. And could Hondo be further along than he is? Yes. And in a lot of ways, he is further along because I've added in things along the way that I wanted added in, that I wanted to do a little bit differently, having trained several Labradors in the past to what I think were very high quality. Um, I want, there were aspects that I wanted Hondo to have that I knew I was going to have to add in and that's fine. That's perfectly okay. I've been very pleased with Cornerstone Gun Dog um, curriculum with the 52 plus curriculum. It's been great. It's changed the way that I train largely opened my eyes to a lot of things, made things easier. And Hondo is further along and better off for using that curriculum than he would have been otherwise. So have a curriculum, whether it's a book, whether it's a video series, whether it's doesn't matter, have something. I would highly recommend Cornerstone Gun Dog Academy 52 plus. It's been phenomenal. Having those expectations at a realistic level is vital, though. When you take your dog into the field, expecting it to be just because it's retrieving bumpers or dead birds in the yard or in field scenarios doesn't mean it's going to translate that to a live fire situation. Um, another thought here, another thing here was I didn't just willy nilly get Hondo around guns. I worked him up to gunfire because I did not want him to be gun shy. I didn't think it would be a problem with him and it hasn't been, but I took precautions banging on pots and pans when he was little, um, when he was around, when he was eating, especially getting him around accustomed to lots of different things, socialization where he's around loud vehicles, where he's around barking dogs. He's around lots of stimulus all the time. Not all the time, but frequently. Was helpful as well because it built confidence in him. So when he started shooting a gun, now he's equating a uh, shotgun blast with birds, which is exactly what I want. But I have to be careful at the same time because I don't want him breaking. And so we have a lot more work to do with Hondo. His hunts this fall are going to be very, very limited. And that's something else that you need to keep in mind with all of this is if you're working with a first-year gun dog, your hunts with that dog should be extremely controlled. Like I said, you and a buddy or you by yourself, if you can manage it, because that dog needs focus and it needs control. It does not need chaos and 15 birds to deal with and all this other stuff it needs to be eased in just like you did with water introduction and other socialization aspects it needs to be eased in the expectations your expectations for the dog's performance need to be low you need to go and you need to have fun with it that's another thing to, to basically wrap all that up you gotta have fun because if you're not having fun with this you're you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And that was the coolest thing about Saturday is I had fun. My oldest daughter, who's six, had fun. Hondo had fun. 
he's going to want to go do that again. I guarantee you the next time we I start getting around early in the morning, he's going to be right there next to Mackinac going, what are we doing? What are we doing? Mackinac's got that figured out, obviously. Has for years, but. All right. So that is my, uh, I guess, week 10 wrap up with Hondo. We're moving quickly through 11 and 12. Uh, we are in the meat of the gun dog training with Hondo. There's nothing I can, I shouldn't be skipping anything. I'm not going to skip anything, but Hondo's a smart cookie. He is very, very adept at place. He's very good at certain things. There's other things I know we're going to run into that I'm going to have to slow down and take my time. My work schedule makes it very difficult to work with Hondo as much as I want to, um, as much as I need to. Thankfully, he's very bright. And I also have a wife who likes to work with him as well. And so that is very helpful for me. So the, you can expect more updates, continued updates with how we are doing and where we're going. There's going to be a few more hunts with Hondo. Uh, hopefully just, like I said, me and a buddy, maybe me and my wife, me and my daughters um, that are controlled situations. All right. So that's the Hondo update. Now I'd like to visit about a little bit about prep, about hunt prep, where we're at. This is a super busy time of year out here in Wyoming. Uh, we have big game seasons are going full bore. We have deer, elk, antelope uh, for people who draw sheep, goats, other tags. All those seasons are full in full swing. Waterfowl season for all but the extremely dedicated uh, takes a back seat in the West to the to big game, as does Upland. Uh, we got our first heavy snow of the year last yesterday and today. We're sitting on, I don't know five or six inches the high country is going to get supposedly get about two feet which is good for us because it's going to put out going to put an end to the wildfire season out here it's also good because it's shuffling the deck and it's pushing birds around yes migrations have begun saturday what i saw was a very limited number of geese but a lot more ducks than i had anticipated seeing and teal mallards widgeon so that gets me excited. We're in the first split of our waterfowl season, of our duck season here. That gets me excited to get back out and get after it more. Take Mackinac out, um, maybe take Hondo to a pond. If I can find a pond that's got some birds working, because then I don't have to worry about current. Whatever birds I knock down are, I could take longer shots. Whatever birds I knock down are out there and they're not going anywhere. And Hano can, we can take our time getting to those birds. The river is a high, high stress situation, especially for a young dog. Only one or two birds at a time by yourself. It's usually you're just shooting singles because doubles, you can't, they'll be gone. The second bird will be gone by the time the dog gets on them in most scenarios. But what is my preseason prep look like? Well, Saturday, I didn't have anything prepped at all. I had my clothes ready, my guns ready. Um, my necessities, my necessaries ready, you know, shells, calls, all that stuff's always, always at a, within arm's reach. Decoys were still put away from last season. Um, there was a blind, uh, the blind I actually hunted is down on the river and I actually could not get to get, get into it to get the decoys out of it. And I knew they were bagged up and stashed. 
sun wasn't going to bother them. And so I left them down there all summer with irrigation. We have around here, uh, the road in there was really muddy all summer long. I didn't want to tear it up. So I left the decoys there in there. So I went in there and hunted that. And I got a lot of prep work to do on that blind in particular. It's actually fallen in on itself and it's time. It's time. And I, a lot of guys would get down there in the summer and tear into it. And I used to be like that, but I've life has gotten so busy with kids and work and big game that I don't have the time that I used to have. And so waterfowl and upland tend to be, uh, they tend in September and October, they tend to be that, that rented mule, if you will, they don't get the attention that they deserve. We got some sage grouse hunting in this year. It was a ball. A lot of the other upland stuff that we have here is centered around the rocks. And I, for one, I'm not hunting chuckers in September and October when it's warm because of snakes. I don't like rattlesnakes. You can call me a wuss. That's fine. I don't want to deal with my dogs being bitten. I don't want to deal with myself being bitten. So I don't hunt chuckers or huns for that matter uh, until the snow flies. Now that it's cold, you'll probably see me out after them a little bit, especially if I can get an elk tag punched. So that's where we're at. We're not in the heat of upland or um, waterfall seasons yet here at Wingman. Wingman, sorry. But we will be soon, very, very soon. We have a surprisingly good, strong numbers of ducks around for this time of year which makes me want to get out and chase those birds even more. So we're going to be bringing you more videos this, this season, more great content from the field. Uh, the other thing is being a subsidiary of Eastman's, we don't have a lot of resources in September and October because those resources are dedicated to big game and rightfully so. That said, that makes us limit um, the amount of shooting, wing shooting that we do in September and October. We get some mountain grouse in. Like I said, we did a, we filmed a sage grouse hunt this year that we're excited to bring you in conjunction with the TRCP. And I'm not going to say a whole ton about that, but it's going to be part of a larger project, larger film that we are creating. And I'm really excited for that. So you'll have to stay tuned for that. And otherwise, we're looking forward to November ramping up and getting after some ducks and some geese here as big game seasons wind down. That's kind of how our season rolls and it works out pretty well because we get to hunt big game all fall in September and October. And then November rolls around. We finish up whatever big game we have and it's on to waterfowl and pheasants and chuckers and huns and all that good stuff. So there's going to be lots to come this, this fall for 2021 and into 2022. And I'm super excited to bring you more great content and to continue to bring you updates on Hondo. He's progressing incredibly well, and I couldn't be happier with how his training is going. So there's going to be a lot more coming along that front. And we have another young dog to introduce you to this year. You've kind of seen her around, but uh, one of our cameramen slash hunters, uh, Luke Washington, has a young chocolate lab named Sadie. And Sadie's going to be pulling some time with, with this year for wingmen as well. And I'm super stoked for that. Mackinac is going to be stepping down a little bit at nine years old. He's slowing down and he's earned um, a little less work on his plate, even though he probably isn't going to like it very much. 
All right. So that's where we're at headed into the meat and potatoes of the fall. I know a lot of you guys in the Midwest have been grinding since, you know, the middle of August or first of September. Good for you. I wish I had that capability out here in Wyoming. I don't. I miss it. I miss early goose. I miss those early teal hunts. I miss October wood ducks and October mallards. And I know that might, you're starting to see some divers floating around out there on the great lakes guys. That's awesome. Good for you. Get after them. And, uh, yeah, just know that out here in the West it's coming. Stay tuned for more. And we're going to bring you more great content at the end of 2021 and into 2022. And, uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And I hope I didn't ramble too much for you on this podcast. So anyway, till next time, we'll see you in the field.